Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give Love & Logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love & Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart You can finally start To live your Truthiest life. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Truthiest Life. I forgot to celebrate two years of us. Two years of the Truthiest Life just hit, and it wouldn't be possible without all of you. So much has changed in the last two years for me, for all of us. And one big takeaway for me is that doing the things I used to think were stupid or silly are actually really the big things. So we just passed Halloween and there were so many years that I'm just like not a huge Halloween person or historically I wasn't. And over the last few years, like with the pandemic and everything, it has been so helpful to make these silly things into big things, to get into the decorations and festivities. This year, I dressed up solely in a few different costumes, not so much going on for myself, but really to just like, get into the nonsense. You know, for so much of my life, I feel like I've understood the gravity of reality, of the hardships of the world. And it's not to say that I'm turning a blind eye to any of that at all. In fact, I think it's even more so the opposite. I'm so aware of the weight on all of our shoulders as a planet, as a country, as a state, like there's just so much, right? If you turn on the news, you'll get a quick hit of all of that at once that 
instead, I think I balance that with getting into all of the small stuff and all the small parts of life that can feel like a waste of money or a waste of time or a waste of energy. But for me, they actually fill me up. So I just wanted to share that with you as we get into the holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, don't shy away from going all in because you're a certain age or for any reason. Maybe check into that and see if it could bring you some joy like it's brought me over the last year. This episode coming up is with Karen Reese, who's a psychic, and alongside her is her assistant, Alexa, and the two of them are kind of always together. So Alexa just sat side by side and chimed in a little bit in this episode. We have had a psychic on once before, and I kind of want to preface this episode by saying that with all things, it's really a great thing to have healthy skepticism, to not listen to everything that you hear and take it at face value, whether we're talking about spiritual things or we're talking about scientific things. I think it's important to always pause, investigate, think a little bit more what you believe, investigate your feelings that are coming up with it, but at the same time, keep an open heart and an open mind to all of it. Last week, I visited Sedona where they say there are these intense energy vortexes and the spiritual people say that, you know, you just have to feel it to believe it. That's enough evidence for them. But, you know, the scientific people, they need to understand the science, the why they need proof of it. And I think that I'm somebody who's kind of in the middle of all of this where I'm a little bit of both. I do 100% pick up on energy and I am very interested in all things psychic, mediumship. I think we're all very intuitive without the noise, but I'm also a science person. I like to see evidence and proof and something that says, yes, this is a little bit more concrete. So in having this conversation, I hope that me delivering it, whichever side you're on, prompts you to think a little bit more. For anybody who's here and closed-minded to all of that, I know that it can feel scary there is certainly an idea chalked up about psychicness in this country that it's all kind of BS and a waste of money. And I think that largely is probably majority opinion until you're faced with a moment where you either have some sort of psychic intuition yourself and you want to understand what's happening within you or what's probably more likely is you lose a loved one and you are feeling some sort of connection, want to make sense of it, or you want to connect with somebody after they pass. None of us are immune to this type of loss. And so I think it's helpful, maybe hopefully healthy to know that there is a way to communicate with those that we lose. And it's not the end just because it's the end as we kind of can see, feel, and touch it. This isn't scary at all. It's a really beautiful conversation about all of us having intuition, how we can connect with our lost loved ones without having to actually pay a psychic, and just a great conversation about life in the past and the future and what it all means. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope it opens your heart, expands your mind, and helps you live your truthiest life. Welcome to The Truthiest Life. Welcome back, everybody, and welcome, Karen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. We're going to have a lot of fun. We are, and Karen just told me that my aura looks amazing. So, Karen, what are we what are we seeing today? 
I see a lot of purple, which is your third eye, which makes sense. Um, you know, like attracts like you like psychics, you have psychic energy. So naturally you're going to have that. People that are artistic tend to have a lot of purple, which is your third eye, a lot of psychic energy. So it makes perfect sense with where you are. Oh, and by the way, you have a lot of green, which is healing and you've got blue, which makes sense because you're communicating. And sometimes those, you know, colors will change, but today they look fabulous. And Thank you. Okay, yes. okay. I will gladly accept that because vibing high is definitely somewhere that I want to be. And the last year I've, I've been in all different energy fields. So I don't know if my aura changes with where I'm at emotionally, but I certainly feel like I'm bringing good energy and you're seeing it. So I'm all for it. So for everybody listening, I was introduced to Karen from a friend named Simone, shout out to Simone, who was one night like, oh, Karen's live. You got to join. I had a sty and I just joined your live, like not even knowing what I was stepping into. And the next thing I know, it was like, Karen wants to go live with you. So I got randomly picked to go live and have a reading done and it, was really funny because I was signed on to my public main account, Lisa Haim, which I guess then invited my viewers onto your live. So again, I was like, had a sty. I was like falling apart. I was in bed. Like, who knows? Like I looked ridiculous. And the next thing I knew, like it was this party of I was getting a reading and everybody I knew was watching it at the same time. So it was exciting, but the reading itself was like spot on. And I just loved watching you and Alexa in general. So I only wanted to further that conversation and get to know who you are as a psychic, who you are as an, as an individual and kind of what your work is so that we can kind of destigmatize what is not so understood by a lot of people. I appreciate that because you're right. So many people have such a certain idea about what a psychic and a medium is. They don't understand the difference. And, you know, it's an unregulated industry so that, Anybody can put a shingle up and claim that they're psychic. Now, look, everybody has psychic ability. Most people refer to it as intuition. Everybody can, you know, draw a stick figure. Not everybody's a da Vinci, you know, and there are very few people uh, that can hit it. And, you know, I can tell the fakes that are out there. I mean, it's quite obvious. And a lot of times people will tell you what you want to hear, which is nonsense. Um, you know, so uh, for people like me that are legitimate and that are really good at what we do, you know, it really puts a, a damper on uh, our reputations. But it's a tool that can be used. That's for sure. I used to use my tool when I used to be in corporate America for negotiations, job offers, dating, you name it. People ask you all sorts of things. So now I join these lives regularly. Well, me and my best friend have a thing because she lost her dad almost a year ago. And I was like, you got to go watch my reading. It was spot on. I think you need to do it too. And she's not a believer. She's not into this stuff. But you know, when you lose somebody, things kind of change and your willingness to think outside of the realm of what we know to be black and white, I think starts to shift out of hope or perhaps you're getting signs and you don't know what to make of them. Do you feel like people start to kind of wake up to the idea of psychicism, mediumship once they go through loss and are in grief? Absolutely. And also when people are having some sort of a health issue or some sort of, you know, major something crisis in their life, oftentimes they'll seek people out because they want to either be reassured, directed. Um, so sometimes, you know, you have to get to that brink, but more often than not, I've met a lot of skeptics, people that you would least expect, neurologists, you know, people that, uh, scientists, people that are very left brain that for whatever reason, you know, they walk through the door and lo and behold, you know, they need to have some sort of peace of mind or closure. And, you know, so they'll seek me out if it's a loss of a loved one, but, you know, it's really a simple concept. It's like a radio wave. That's really what you're dealing with this alternate reality. 
you know, so although most people can't perceive people with their own physical eyes, but they're still there. And now with the advent of technology, you can get, you know, video, uh, you can get recordings. So you can use technologies to hear dead people or look at dead people or what have you. It's kind of crazy. It's like a big party, though, in my world. (laughs) I know you're always surrounded by people at all times, right? You're never alone. Especially in the shower, just saying. (laughs) I know. After I did that live, I was like, and you told me that, you know, my grandparents are in my house. All of a sudden I was, you know, thinking differently about all the different things I do in my house and being naked. And, you know, do they stop looking when I do things like that? How does that work? (laughs) Actually, that's a good question. Most people are very um, polite on the other side. So if you have loving grandparents here and they know you're about to take a shower or if you have company over a romantic partner, usually they're nice enough to leave. (laughs) I love that. So from a personal front, clearly you're very comfortable with your psychic abilities, sharing your psychic abilities, putting your talents into your profession. But upon first noticing them, did you shy away from them? Did you lean into them? How did you even discover them? You know, it's funny because as I was growing up, I mean, as I was probably about two, I remember this woman, Margaret, that would show up on the other side of my crib. And I remember she would show me pictures of a past life and it didn't help because my mom would say the same thing, you know, oh, I saw dead uncle Frank today. You know, my brother and I were three and four, you know, we would go to the grocery store, dead people following. So we actually thought it was normal. You know, my mom would make predictions. It runs on her side of the family. So I didn't think anything of it. You know, I might see like a train crash, you know, and then the next day there's a train crash or I might see, you know, whatever, uh, uncle Sam passed away. And we find out that uncle Sam passed, you know, crazy things like that. But it was at the age of seven when I kept getting this repeat vision, I'd go to bed and I'd wake up of my father um, passing away. And, uh, what ended up happening about three weeks later, he dropped dead suddenly unexpectedly. And he shouldn't have, cause he had just had a uh, health checkup. He was in great shape. He was an engineer. He was a men's member. He's very left brain. And uh, he had, you know, died. And my brother had the exact same vision. And fortunately, I had a grandmother that was very psychic. And at the time she was in town babysitting us, you know, with the funeral and what have you. And that's when she said, you know, it's just God's way of preparing you. And then at that point, we realized that everybody gets a vision, you know, whether it's a good vision, a bad vision, whether it's somebody on the other side coming in or what have you. So are the visions always in your dreams or can visions happen during the wake state as well? Oh, all of the above. You know, as I'm looking at you right now, um, it's the same type of concept. So when I'm reading somebody, I'll see like a TV screen and I might see like a little video of their experience in the past or something coming up in the future or like little pictures. Um, And then with their loved ones on the other side, sometimes their loved ones will give me information about their past or their future because they can see a lot more when you're out of your physical. So I get actually both realms, both the psychic and, you know, the mediumship. So it's like a TV and a party all at once. <laughs> is that exhausting or energizing? Um, it depends. You know, that's a really good question. And I'm sure everybody's had that encounter. You run across somebody you haven't seen, or maybe somebody, you know, and you're happy. And then all of a sudden you leave and you're like, why do I feel so tired? Or why do I feel so energized? Which, you know, it was a change after you meet with this person. So you're picking up their energy, even if they're nice, you might feeling sort of like run out of energy because they have low energy and what have you. So it really just depends. Typically speaking, though, I try to turn it off, although it really doesn't always happen. I get bleed through. So one thing I get that I've never, and I know a ton of psychics or so-called psychics, but I get a lot of people in my dreams the night before. So if I'm reading somebody um, the following day, I might have, you know, Tabitha's Uncle Jerry in my dreams, you know, or I might be driving and I might have, you know, mom in the back because I'm going to be speaking to her son later in the day. So 
I have those situations or I might be watching TV at night and then I start seeing like a TV screen of something coming up that will relate to somebody that I'm reading the following day. Wow. And when you meet people, are you very open about this is what you do? Or do you know that like, I'm sure you've been met with lots of side eyes and people that probably just think you're kind of first, I'm really sorry to use this word, but wacky, you know, and don't really get it. You know, that's a good question. I do occasionally, I don't really broadcast it. You know, if somebody asks, you know, I'll tell them I'm, you know, I'm in the entertainment business or this is the type of work that I do, you know, but unbeknownst to a lot of people, I also have a degree in business. I used to be a stockbroker. So I have like some grounded past life, so to speak, but I've always done this. And um, sometimes you get people and sometimes, you know, they try to bust your chops. I think it's actually funny, <laughs> you know, but one thing I, I tell people, it's not my job to prove to you. I mean, I could care less. You know, if you want to believe great, if you don't, that's fine too. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, just try to be respectful about it. But so you come from a family of people who were aware and worked with their own psychic abilities. Cause in the beginning you said that we all have psychic abilities. I'm sure a lot of us don't have access to hearing just that, even that simple sentence. And therefore we don't lean into it. I had a psychic on the podcast over a year ago and I believe she came from a family. I, I can't remember, but I think they were like doctors, right? So when she started to see people, she was also a medium. When she started to see dead people and communicate with them, her family thought she was crazy. But you, on the other hand, grew up with people that were super supportive and this was kind of normal, right? So like, this is all you know. Yeah, at least on my mom's side. My dad's side, they're Mensa members, they're engineers. So they were very left-brained. So they're a whole different category you know, but they're a lot of fun on that side. You know, they've over there is trying to bust my chops too. Most of them are my male cousins, which are always a lot of fun. But yeah, my mom's side, they're a lot more open about it just because, uh, I don't know, they're, they're crazy. I don't know. <laughs> you know, a lot of them work in university. One of my mom's sisters that are uh, also psychic, uh, they don't practice out like I do, but we all have that ability or most of us in the family. So your background is in finance in many ways. At what point did you shift into this? Because I think, you know, now you're primarily in the entertainment business and psychic and mediumship, correct? Uh, Yep. You know, it's funny. As a kid, I was probably maybe 10. I used to watch Oprah Winfrey a lot, you know, and Mm -hmm. so on. And I remember saying, oh, yeah, one day I'm going to be on national TV. Uh, Oh, yeah, I'm going to be doing this full time. Um, And I always assumed I would probably do that, you know, when I'm an old lady, you know, I'd be doing readings or whatever. But um, the universe Funny. It will put you where you need to go, especially when you work with this energy, because everything is vibrational and frequency. And this type of work actually pulls you into it. I mean, I've been, you know, practice for a long time, full-time practice for over 15 years. And, and I enjoyed what I did previously. It was fun. You know, I worked a lot in corporate American sales and things like that, although I could always see things in a different way. <laughs> Just saying, you know, the universe definitely pushed me into this full-time And it just, everything just started to open, you know, things are synchronistic, you know, you're supposed to be where you're at when things just sort of like flow and you're not like really pushing hard to make that happen, you know? And when you look at synchronicity, it's uh, synchronicity. It's definitely the alternate realities, you know, connecting in with this reality and opening up, uh, opening up doors. I'd laugh though, because a lot of times people often refer to psychic abilities as intuition. And I always tell people, well, that's like, you know, psychic abilities 101 call it what you want, but when you get some sort of a sense out of your normal range, you know, you're definitely connected into that energy, which can be used to your advantage. Like you said, I do have some intuitive abilities, I feel like, but I don't know how to hone in on them. 
And I certainly have times when I'm super connected to my own intuition. And like you said, like I think about somebody, then they call and I'm like, wow, I feel so in my vibrational energy that I'm meant to be in because all of these things are happening. I mean, I have really crazy stories about running into people that like, you know, just the chances of it are so little when I had just thought about them or whatever. But I certainly also have blockages, as I'm sure people do. And those blockages can be caused from outside influences or inside influences. I talk a lot about forking the noise in order to listen to your own body when it comes to food, but it's the same thing. Being able to fork the noise, notice the noise and tune back into yourself. Do you experience blockages yourself? Or if you know somebody that is, how would you guide them out of that and to come back into their highest vibrational energy? Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give love and logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Do you experience blockages yourself? Or if you know somebody that is, how would you guide them out of that and to come back into their highest vibrational energy? You know, I don't experience blockages just because I just go with the flow as far as that energy is just there. It, you know, we'll do whatever I can to get my attention. But what I tell people, the one thing you want to do is just quiet your mind five minutes a day. You know, your mind might wander, do a little meditation, use a word piece, piece five or 10 minutes. You're not necessarily going to get anything, but what you're doing is you're just putting that energy right back out. You're building up that frequency. And then, you know, you'll notice, you know, coincidences, you'll notice, oh, geez, I'm thinking of so-and-so and you run into them. And then you want to write that down. You just want to map it, but just five or 10 minutes. You don't have to make it that difficult, which I think too many people 
seem to think when they go into meditation, they must get some sort of inspiration. They must get some sort of, you know, whatever message. That's not always the case. Sometimes the whole point is just to Zen, you know, just to open up that frequency, mm. put a little nudge into it and let it go. And you'll be surprised, you know, when you work really hard at something, sometimes you miss it, you know, and the energy is so subtle. So when you are really looking hard, you sometimes miss what's there or you block your ability to perceive it. Right. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I think there is this misconception about what meditation is and what it needs to look like and what we're supposed to get out of it. Like, I think we kind of bargain with meditation. Like if I meditate, then I will see things clearly or feel differently. There's like a lot of pressure to go into a meditation with that. It kind of robs you of that experience, which back to your point is like, can you use the meditation to just open your portals again? You might not get the message in the moment, but down the line, you're walking, things are starting to flow differently simply because you hit that reset button and got quiet for, you know, like you said, five minutes, even it does wonders. I found totally. And you hit that right on the nose. And then the other thing too, is you don't want to second guess if you get some sort of indication or message or vision or whatever. Um, sometimes it's human nature to just go ahead and try to left brain it and try to logically, you know, figure it out. Sometimes you just have to go with what you get, even if it doesn't make sense at the time, you know, wait to see what happens. Wait to see if that information is actually truthful or wait to see if that's going to come into fruition. So, you know, if you, as you pick up something that doesn't make sense, write it down and wait to see how that, you know, works into your life. And you'll be surprised. Sometimes you get things. I mean, we've all done it when you're, you say to yourself, oh, my God, I had that gut instinct. I shouldn't have done X, Y and Z. And you've done it. And you're like, duh. Right. So had you listen. And it's, uh, you know, something that's all part of the psychic realm. So always go with your first, you know, gut instinct. When things go wrong in your life, do you get angry at yourself because you should have seen it coming? That's a good question. Cause a lot of times I will see things that are coming, but I got to be honest with you. If I don't like them, I always try to work on the idea. Well, maybe I can change them. Mm-hmm. Some can, and sometimes I can't, but at least I give it a good try, but I've seen things come and I'm like, well, I really don't like that. I want to do this instead. So your vision of what's going to happen is not the inevitable. For the most part, um, there are a few exceptions, but you usually have wiggle room because the way the energies work, if you keep doing what you're doing, this is what will come, you know, because you're putting that energy out thoughts or things at some level subconsciously, like psychic information from when I read somebody comes from your aura. So I have no control over what comes to me. It's actually in your frame of reference. And it's at your subconscious level that you're sending that information outward into your aura. Um, But that doesn't mean it has to be that way. You know, you can either have a fender bender or a car crash if you want to learn how, you know, to drive better. So it's a choice. It's an option. Interesting. So I tune into your lives all the time on Thursday. Like I said, I'm really trying to get my friend either like you select me and then I'll do a reading on behalf of her. I think you said that was an option. But anyway, I'm going to keep showing up till we get there. But on your lives, you're always with Alexa, who's with you today. Hi, Alexa. Sitting. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah, you're always with Alexa. What is your relationship with Alexa? We've got many past lives. I would. She's family to me. But she's not actually family, right? Technically, but I guess you'd say spiritual DNA. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. And I mean, that's you'll find that as you meet people through life, when you feel like you've always known them or you just automatically click or there's some sort of oddity, chances are you've been with them in other past lives. And that's exactly uh, with Alexa. She's like a daughter or a niece. And Alexa is amazing. I call her Watson. That's her nickname. So she (laughs) handles everything. She's real good. Thank you. (laughs) In the live that I was selected in, you brought up that notion of being in a relationship in a past life together. You mentioned that me and my dad, you said your father was your father in many past lives. 
this is a foreign concept to a lot of people. Can you explain what that means to have either a friend or a parent or a sibling in past lives or multiple lives, multiple past lives? Yes, we all look good for 10,000 years old, you know. Um, but yes, fortunately, we have many opportunities to continue to evolve as spirits. And that's one of the reasons why we come to life. You know, life is a game. So we've often, well, everybody um, in this generation or of this lifetime have lived other previous lifetimes. And one way to know that is if you have a period of time that you really are fixated on, like I love the 1840s. I love everything French related. I did a thesis on that, especially the artisans. And I found when I went to France, I would walk into places without even speaking and people would automatically start speaking to me. And I felt so at home. So, you know, we've all had many opportunities to refine our spiritual selves, and we do that through, you know, the game of life. So many of us have lived like hundreds of lives. Um, a lot of times you'll find people, if they're fixated, say, on the Civil War, you know, they may have been a soldier in that period. So and when you meet people, too, you know, you may have a great disdain or you may have a great love for this person or you say, wow, I feel like we've always you know, known each other. We finish each other's sentences. Well, chances are you've lived in a past life like you and your best friend. You've had multiple lifetimes together. It's kind of interesting how that all pans out. Oh, and the other thing, too, which is really interesting, a lot of times you'll carry over some kind of physicality from a previous life. Like for me, my um, past life prior to this one, I had blonde hair. My hair was wavy, very similar to the way I look now. Um, in this lifetime, my hair, for the most part, is straight. But in the back, I have just a little bit of wave. So, you know, that's definitely a past life that waves. So it's nice to kind of think of the idea that we have these past lives because it also kind of leans into the idea that we have future lives. Are there some souls that don't regenerate and some do or do, yeah, how does that work? Well, I'll tell you, most people will eventually come back, whether or not you want to. Most people really don't want to come back. If you've ever spoken to, to anybody that's hit an, uh, had a near-death experience, like oh, I go out of body all the time. I actually had one near-death experience, but kind of overlaps into what I do anyways. And most people don't want to return because they feel fantastic and so on and so forth. But almost everybody has to at some point come back because nobody is really at that point where they're almost 100% without fault. And that's our whole goal. You know, we want to be the most um, godly type of spiritual beings that we can be. We all have a little bit of God's uh, energy in each and every one of us. And we're trying to attain that love, honesty, and peace. And what was your near-death experience, can I ask? Oh, sure. I actually had a really bad fever. I was actually supposed to be going for surgery in a few days, but I was really sick with a really bad fever. And I was out of my body, found myself, you know, shot out of my body. And I could feel prior to that, my body was starting to get really slow and sluggish and things started to slow down. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. But I was okay with it because I see the other side anyways. And anyways, I was out of my body and I started to see family members, my two grams the one that I was very close to my aunt, my mother-in-law. And um, they're like, no, Karen, you have to go back. And now I see them anyways, I go out of body at night, but my body, my physical is starting to shut down. They said, you have to go back now. So I only had like a window of time. But uh, anyways, when I returned to my body, remember um, screaming out, this isn't fair. You know, I can't believe it. And they were standing all around my bed. So they actually escorted me back. And I'm like, really? You know, and I was like, this just isn't fair. I wanted to, you know, they want to return. And I actually have an aunt on my dad's side. Well, she's now deceased. And I had a great uncle on my mom's side, um, who's obviously deceased. And both of those two had near-death experiences years ago. And both of them reported that they didn't want to return. Because when you're out of your body, you feel no pain. 
Um, you look the best, you think the clearest. It's a whole different type of you. Do people that are not psychics that have near-death experiences often describe it like you just did? You know, that's a good question. I uh, have had two different people on my show. One was an art professor who was raised like a Southern Baptist. And then as an adult, he left, you know, God didn't believe in God, became an atheist. And he was in Paris, had a heart attack. I think it was like a Friday. He had to wait till Monday to have his surgery. And over the course of the weekend, he ended up having a near death. And the weirdest thing is he said, this nurse came in, he found himself like looking at his body. I can't think of his name, but he's very interesting. And the nurse said, come on, come on, hurry, hurry. And so he didn't know what to do. So he's just responding because he's like, okay, I'm a little discombobulated. You know, I'm a little confused. So he's walking and he sees this corridor in the hospital. He's walking down. And as this gentleman and along with everybody else, it's starting to get darker and darker. So clearly there were other patients that had died. And as um, it started to get darker, he realized he was being attacked by demons. And at that point, he called out to God and God apparently returned him back to his body and he became a big um, believer in God again. So he had a very negative near death, but at least, you know, putting out that energy back to God, God loves you, and, you know, whatever. And then I had a neurologist who had just the opposite. He had a near death experience and he had a wonderful heavenly experience. And then he had to come back because his time, you know, he still had worked uh, left here to do so. And thoughts are things and it's about intention and our love for God. And Alexa, I'll shoot this one over to you because we're the same age. You know, you're, you seem to live like a, you know, similar life to me. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But yeah. when Karen talks about all these things, is it like the reality that you live in too, or is speaking to her kind of like, like for me, it's, it, I don't know anyone else like Karen. So I'm like listening with ears wide open and, and trying to really grasp concepts that are not spoken about. Like, is this your world before Karen as well? My world before Karen, I was like definitely interested. I had like one close person pass in my life when I was 12 in a plane crash. And that to me, like shook my world. And I didn't really know how this worked. You know what I mean? Not like, like how to connect and, and stuff like that. And, um, I really only wanted to go to Karen to be honest with you. Um, but then when things when I started working for her and I was like, well, that was, a, that's a whole nother story. But anyway, in that time, I mean, I lost the two most important people in my life. I lost my work to the, one of the most important people in my life, my stepdad and my grandpa as well. They were like the two men to raise me and they passed three months apart. So I think that I've learned a lot as I've been grieving both of those deaths in the past year. And like, from what Karen has said to me and how she's read my family, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say like synchronistic that like we got brought together, but I definitely feel like I'm able to understand this more. And unfortunately, like I said, as those two very important people in my life passed, I was able to look to Karen for guidance and also, you know, talk to them kind of like a spirit hotline, I guess, like whenever I, <laughs> whenever I need, but in all of that has helped me grieve. So I was open to it before, but now I'm like, yes, a big believer. Thanks so much for sharing that. Sounds like it's been a rough go for you, but you know, I would have also never known because you show up so bright and shiny, always looking so fresh for lack of a better word on your lives that yeah. you'd never know that you've you know been through so much. And I believe you said recently as yeah, well. In the past year and a half, mm -hmm. my stepdad died in uh, past November and then my grandpa, or sorry, past July. And then my grandpa died in November. 
And so my mom was a single mom. So for a while, so losing both of them, it's like losing to both my dads, you know, so it was hard, but you know, we're, we're getting through it as a family. And thankfully Karen has been so you know generous to like offer her gift to us, which is helping all of us go through this difficult process. Thank you so much for sharing that. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and logic. Love and logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With love and logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give Love and Logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Karen, in your in the people that do come to you for paid sessions, is it mainly to speak to past loved ones like Alexa has has used you for, so I don't know if used you is the right word, tapped into you for, or are, are, what sort of answers are people trying to get when they come to work with you? You know, it varies. I look at a reading like a wheel. So I look at career, I look at personal lives, I look at deceased loved ones, and it really depends on what their focus is. Some want to know about their love life, some want to know about their career, uh, some want to know about their loved ones on the other side. So probably 80% of what I end up connecting with is like a mixture. You know, I might have a father advising a daughter on maybe a career change um, or definitely on a boyfriend change, you know, if he does like the boyfriend, you know, so, and you'd be surprised at some of the things that the dead people tell me about the people in front of me. That's a whole nother thing. I tell that to everybody and quite reminds everybody, you know. (laughs) I love that. So it really just depends, you know, but uh, usually I hit just about every area when I read people. And it's funny because at the end, most often I'll say to people as we get towards, 
of in, you know, what are your questions? And most people say pretty much you've answered everything that I've needed. So I sort of kind of hit as much as I can in each aspect, like a pie. In my impromptu reading with you, again, I had no idea what I was walking into. I had never seen a live before. And I've also, you know, as much as I totally believe in psychicism and mediumship, I've never had a paid reading simply because to get a good person, first of all, there's usually a really long wait list and it's really expensive. So I've always just kind of tabled it for a time in need, I guess. So I walked in completely unknowing what was about to happen. And you were like rapid fire talking about friendship, career, my husband, his career. We were planning a trip to Florida and we had just spent like the last two hours. My husband goes over details of everything. And we had like finally just decided we're going to go to Florida. And I hopped on and you were like, are you guys planning a trip to Florida? And it completely... I guess, opened me up to the idea of what was going to happen next, because out the door, you had captured my attention very much with that accuracy. But you hit so many different things that I was like, I actually went back to watch it the other day because, you know, I wasn't taking notes. And there was a lot to really like, I think you used the word map earlier, you know, write something down and then map to see what tracks a lot of the things were in the future that I got to keep my eye on. Oh, yeah, it's funny, because I've had people come back like five years, three days, And they'll say, you know, I thought you were nuts or whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, X, Y, and Z. And sometimes it's really crazy stuff. Sometimes it's just sort of, you know, just normal stuff, uh, you know, that comes across. So it's really funny because I have no control. But I tell people, just write it down. There's always a connection one way or the other. Oh, what was it? It was so funny in the live. You were like, your husband works with a woman. Maybe you said Christy or something. And I was like, Evan, you must work with a Christy. He's like, I don't work with a Christy. And I was like, you have to. Karen says that you're constantly working with this person. And then like five minutes later, he's like, oh, I work with Christina or something like that. You know, and I was like, well, hello, like that's the same thing. Where were you not paying attention? And then he became a a believer, too, because so many of the other things that you had said did track. And he's he's like an open, closed minded. I don't know how to explain him. Like the other day we have a baby who you, you picked up on that in our last live. We're just sitting in the room and she's going like this with her hand and not just waving. Like I could tell she was seeing something. And you mentioned, by the way, like when you were in a crib seeing something, do do babies have even higher intuition, psychic abilities because nobody's told them not to. And then I'll get back to my story. And that's actually a really good point because most people will have invisible friends up into the age of three because most people haven't grounded into their bodies fully. So oftentimes you'll find that people will, or little babies will be able to see grandpa, grandma, doggies, kitties, or whatever, just like some visitor. So, oh yeah, that's very common. So she's waving to somebody, but like with like intent. And I felt the energy in the room was really good. And I just kind of like picked up on who she was speaking to. Three people came to my mind. And then I told my husband that and he kind of like rolled his eyes. And then he did like the morning wake up with her the next day on a bottle. And he came back into the room. He's like, oh, you're right. She was doing it with me, too. I saw it and I felt it. And then he like shied away from the conversation and his eyes started to tear up. And I was like, like, do you want to talk about it? Like, you know, and he's like, no, I feel like good. And it's nice that I'm, you know, that we're protected. He said it like that, but he won't show that side to a lot of people. And he's not somebody that would ever pay to see a psychic or even like be open to a reading. But he's, he's that little believer in him too. I forget why I even brought that up. <laughs> That's a good question though. But yeah, we all typically see uh, dead people till we really ground into our bodies. You know, I'll tell you a funny quick story too. As a psychic, I've read somebody, they've died. Their family comes for a reading. 
And it's the strangest thing. I've had this happen a few times where I'm like, oh my God, Uncle Bob's here. And I read your Uncle Bob when he was in the living. Now he's on the other side. That's always interesting. Wow. Very strange and in-depth types of reading experiences, which most psychics don't get. Or I get visitors in my dreams. They visit me during the day too. Do you tap out? Do you get tired from this? It depends on the energy. Normally, no. Sometimes you get more of a burst of energy. Um, But if I read all day and then, you know, I calm my mind, then sometimes, you know, like you have this energy and then eventually it starts to settle but typically while i'm reading uh, i get more of a charge if you get a bad night's sleep will you be not as good at a reading no i'm always good at that because it's just energy it's like you're looking at you know i might be grumpy you know grumpy but you know get it (laughs) but i drink my coffee so i was gonna say does caffeine help or or inhibit god thank god for coffee oh my god yes dark roasted shot of a, a single shot of espresso thank you starbucks <laughs> you Ooh, know i think that what is that like a red eye or something i think people people call it they do call it yeah that's really fascinating if you see something negative in a reading will you report it back um if i see something negative i'll report it in a way that if you keep doing what you're doing this is what will happen but you have the option to change so you have the ability to take control and um, have empowerment with it. And for some reason, if that's what you're supposed to know, that's what you're supposed to know. Um, Whether it's your guide, your loved ones, or your psychic aura giving me that information at some level. Um, But that's an opportunity to to either stop it from happening, which has happened in in my past where I've been able to stop something from happening by revealing something to somebody. So I look at it as more something positive. What if it was something that really was outside that person's control, like a parent or sibling or, you know, somebody getting sick or dying, and it was just kind of like a hard fact? Will you reveal that to them? I tell people, if you're supposed to get it, you'll get it. But in certain cases, I may shy away from something like that, but that's probably a rarity. Typically speaking, it would be God's way of preparing you. So it might show up or again, you know, it might be, well, you know, your mom's life is starting to look a little, you know, like it's starting to slow down. So now is an opportunity for you to do all the fun things that you want with your mom, you know, spend the time while you can, you know, I think sometimes people forget that, you know, we're just here for a a window of time, you know, that at some point we're all going to leave, you know, so you always want to maximize and do the best that you can do. But I always try to look for the positive angle on, you know, situations or how we can turn it around and make it more positive. Yeah, I think we do definitely forget that we're here for such a short window of time. I've especially come to really, being a new mom, that the days are really long, but the years are really short. And it's like, we think we have all this time during the day because the, the days for me lately, you know, in the past year have dragged on, but also I blinked and a year went by. So this time is a very confusing concept and it's hard, I think, as humans to really know how we can make the most of it. It's a personal struggle of mine and I imagine a struggle of a lot of people. I think that being afraid of death is a very common thing. You, I'd imagine, have a different relationship to the concept of personal death. How do you feel about that yourself? Well, from my experience of going out of body, which I do on a regular basis, your physical is like a pair of clothes. And when you leave your physical, you look like yourself, only you're in the best of health you could possibly be. So if somebody's 80, they pass out of their body. Typically speaking, they're, you know, most people look around the age of 25. If you're five and you pass, you'll grow up to that age um, on the other side. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. People, it's not like you stand on a a cloud with stupid Cupid eating cherry bonbons all day. You know, you have a house on the other side, you've got the best shopping, you know, there's multiple. (laughs) Really? 
Yeah, they got the crystal mall. Let me tell you, every time I go out of body, that's, that's what I call it, this huge mall with lots of glass. Is that because you like shopping? Like, does everybody get their own world of interests? Yeah, that's like a Freudian slip, to be honest with you. But yes, I do like to shop. I haven't seen cute on the other side, but I'll let you know, or Amazon. But, um, <laughs> but actually, funny thing, a lot of our inventions here originate on the other side. And even Einstein, Thomas Edison, a lot of these great minds were very intuitive or psychic. We know that in the underground, people don't talk about it, but like Thomas Edison would put a ball in his hand. He'd start to get kind of that alpha day, uh, delta, theta, beta state, and the ball would drop. It would wake him up and he'd be in that kind of murky zone. And he would intuit a lot of his, um, you know, his inventions and what have you, but getting back to the other side, you know, you, you see your loved ones. I'll tell you, I found out about reincarnation in the strangest way. I was 12 years old. I would lay in my bed and I would look up in the corner. I went out of my body and you can direct your consciousness. Next thing, I'm in this like park-like setting. I saw my father way off in the past or in the background. I saw other family members and what have you. And I was waving to them, some of which I didn't know in this earthly experience, but I knew I was connected to them. And that was through past lives or in between lifetimes, you know, when I was in heaven, for lack of a better word. And then he took me over and there was these headstones and he said, that's you. And I said, that's me. He goes, that's you. Meaning, you know, you're buried underneath. And I said, that's interesting. How can that be me if I'm still here, but I'm really living, but I'm here with you in the other world. Oh, you're telling me I lived before. Really odd experience. But on the other side, you have houses and, you know, cars and different landscapes. And there's so many different levels too, like location, locations. So you know, if you're a good person, you'll go to a better location. If you're a naughty person, you'll go to not such a nice place. And if you're really wrong, you obviously will go very south. So would you say that your experience surrounding death is more peaceful than a lot of other people's? I would say so. You know, I've, I'm not a religious person. I'm very spiritual. I have a very strong belief. I take the best, leave the rest. You know, religion's fine. It gives you a good framework, but truly God's within each and every one of us. And I'll tell you my experience being, um, you know, out of body or near death, I've always had positive experiences where it's just beautiful. Like the water is the most amazing blue water. I mean, you just feel this sense, you know, everything's like on steroids. The color pink is like ultra pink and, and you just feel calm and love. It's it's just like a great summer day all the time. Well, you certainly do make it sound a lot better than I think what a lot of us have imagined. And I feel like maybe your relationship to death allows you to really have a very different relationship to life. Obviously, we need to have some level of caution and evaluate risk, but so much to the point where we're not really living because we're so afraid of what you're saying isn't something to be afraid of, which I think could really, you know, what this podcast is about, help us live more authentically, more freely, more comfortably in our own skin and having these other understandings or conversations, or at least having an open mind. I know a lot of you listening probably are rolling your eyes or others are nodding your head, right? Like just being a tiny bit open-minded allows that to seek into your brain in a way that will hopefully help all of us live a little bit more freely and make the most of our time, but in a way that isn't from a place of fear. I submitted on Instagram, a question box, and we got some questions and the themes were kind of the same, but how can someone connect with a lost loved one on their own? It's a good question. One of the best ways to do that is when you fall asleep at night, because we all, you know, or at whatever point you go to sleep, when you go to deep sleep, you're usually out of body. You don't remember leaving your physical. You might have dreams. You may not remember dreams of your loved ones on the other side. And the reason for that is because you're really out of body. God doesn't want you to get so caught up on the other side. You don't want to return because it's such a great place. So 
when you get ready to go to bed, look at whatever picture you have of a loved one, say grandparent. And then as you fall asleep, keep saying, I will remember seeing you grandma or grandpa or whoever, your doggy or kitty, whoever. And then over time, you'll start to remember little bits and pieces of that dream. You may not remember seeing grandma right away, but you might remember seeing a pair of shoes or you might remember saying it was walking by water. In the morning, write down whatever insights you have and keep doing that. And then at some point, you'll start to see your loved ones and you'll be able to connect with them where you're more aware of it. So we do that almost every time we go to sleep. And when we're in a deep sleep, we go to the other side because the other side tells us about the past, the present, the future, gives us a chance to have closure, reminds us, you know, to be, you know, of the world, not in the world, you know, when we come back into the earth realm, you know, try to have a more open mind and not get so like you said, paralyzed by fear. And how can people be confident that they are getting a sign from a loved one? You know, you just have to believe and have faith. And I always tell people, whoever you think of um, when you receive whatever sign that you're getting, go with that. And that's part of the battle right there. Just, you know, give it up to God and, you know, just have a little faith in it because you're not going to get the normal connections that you do in the physical realm. But, you know, having the faith and saying, geez, you know, that song reminded me of grandpa. How funny is that? You know, and um, it's just going with the flow. And then if you get repetition to something that, you know, reminds you, you know, you keep getting the song, you know, whatever crazy fine. And then you hear it again. And then you hear something crazy train, or, you know, you're getting that crazy connection, which was your connection to a loved one. You know, that's what they're doing is trying to get your attention. Yes. I feel like that's such a good point. Whenever I'm having those signs, when I start to notice them and then really like believe in them. I see more of them and that is only more validating and more comforting and then show up in times of like absolute need. I know a friend who thinks some there's some sort of a connection between like a red bird and her mother and in times of need she'll see a red bird and it is it provides that comfort for her but if she never made that like initial connection whatever that first thing was that made her think about the red bird and her mom you know she wouldn't have that feeling of comfort down the line. So you need to really look up essentially and believe and open your heart because I think those things do find you when we need it. Absolutely. Another question submitted by our audience, which I really love is, and I don't know if you can answer this, but we'll try. Are there aliens? Yes. Are they here? Where are they? You know, that's a funny question. I actually worked on a television show for Discovery Channel years ago down in Roswell, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And during the night that I was sleeping, one of the nights, I had a little gray come up to me and I wear an eye mask. And aliens will come in ethereal like spirits do. You have like spirit ETs, I guess, uh, as well as in the physical uh, realm. So you've got similar to earth, you've got physical people, and then you also have spirit people. So uh, yes and yes. And um, I know people that have actually had encounters. One of the people that I worked with on the show, there's a big producer too, that was actually producing um, the show for discovery um, that had had an encounter as a kid out in California. So Will aliens take over this planet, I guess, would be the question to go a little further here? No, um, they won't. But at some point, we definitely will have a connection. I mean, and when you think about it, like Mars has bacteria, so it has like minor life forms and other planetary, you know, systems. It's hard to imagine that we're the only galaxy that would have some sort of, you know, thinking life form, not just like an amoeba or bacteria, which exists. It has been a really rough last few years for people when it comes to this country, will things get better? Yes, because I think ultimately we all 
we all love and we all want a connection and, you know, we all have the ability to do it. And I think deep down, we, deep down, we all want the same thing. You know, we just want a great life for ourselves, for our friends. So yes. And I tell people it's all about lesson. You know, we're always in lesson for a lack of a better word. Yes. And I think we're all, you know, generally just good people. So when you say in lesson, meaning everything is a lesson. And if we take that information and use it, we can save this planet, this world, this country. Yep, exactly. And we're all a family. You know, we're all spirits having a human experience. We forget that, right? In such a polarizing time. Exactly. And if we just come back to center and just say, hey, you know, this is what it's all about, you know, and sometimes, you know, you have to have a little darkness to understand the sunlight, but we can make it happen. We've done it. We'll do it. And there are people like you that help to facilitate that connection that we all have and that we can definitely make changes and do it for positive reasons. Are you saying I'm going to save this world? I think you're definitely a very positive <laughs> We need more people like you, definitely. So as I said in the beginning of this episode, my dearest friend lost her father very abruptly last year. She has been dying to have a reading with you. Is there anything through me that I can offer back to her? I just heard some change of work around her. So she might be looking at some changes with her work. Yep. She just went back to a new job after not working for the last couple of years and being a mom. Her dad just told me that. And he said she's on uh, her, he's behind me, her way up. Also, there's a March or April connection he's talking about. So it's usually a birthday. Okay. I'll have to ask her. Passing her an anniversary. It's right around the springtime. But let her know that her dad said this was good that she went back to work. I will. Thank you so much. Laura, I love her. And he's very proud of her. Oh, thank you so much. I'm going to share that. And hopefully she gets picked for a live soon so that you guys could do a reading together. Is there anything coming through for you during this reading that you want to share with the audience? So maybe it's for one of our listeners, something's coming through for him, her, or they, anything for me, what's anything happening right now? I just said one of your audience members winning um, some money off of like a lottery ticket. Probably oh. some kind of, yeah, I'm looking like a lottery ticket. It's probably just a couple hundred bucks or something, but somebody's got something like that around them little casino and I feel like it went just a, not a lot, but Hey, you know what? It's, it's just fun to win. Audience member, audience listener. If you do win money and you listen to this episode in the last few days or come back to me and let me know so we can see if Karen is accurate or not. Thank you, Karen, so much for sharing your truthiest life for us, for living it and for helping a lot of people come to peace with things that they don't understand that they're struggling with, that they're grieving with. Your work is so important, whether people understand it or not. I think that when you need it, they find you. And that's what that's about. Oh my God. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? 
let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give Love and Logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.